Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And just remember that with each research topic we discuss, make sure you're getting professional advice before you implement any of the protocols or any of the topics. This week, we're looking at a research article by P. Greco Otto et al. And it's workloads of horses on a water treadmill effect of speed and water height on oxygen consumption and cardiorespiratory parameters. And we decided, Nancy actually chose this paper, but we were asked by a listener if we could cover water treadmills because they are more up and coming and they are used widely throughout, um, especially in the racing industry and more um, elite and sports horses and things like that. But there isn't a huge amount of research done in how they can be effective in conditioning your horse. So they're used massively in rehabilitation as well and are really ideal from reading this paper, which does focus more on the how to use them for conditioning. You see how they would work so well in rehabilitation. Um, but what this paper did, it's a study that took place in Alberta, Canada. And it was 15 client-owned quarter horses, and it was a randomized control study. But they wanted to see those two things, how the effect of speed and the effect of the water height, um, what that did to the oxygen consumption and heart rate, essentially, in the horse. So there were three belt speeds and three different water heights. The water heights started at mid-cannon on the horse, then the second height was at the carpus, so that's the knee joint. And then the third height was at the stifle joint in the horse. And all 15 horses were roughly the same um, size, shape, height. So it was pretty standardized that way, but it was measured for each individual horse. And then they looked at a couple of different parameters to see what the effect was and basically to measure how good it was at kind of pushing the horse to getting that conditioning that's necessary. Um, from the results, they did say that the higher the water, the more you're going to push your horse to that VO2 max. And I think we may have mentioned that in other podcasts, but the VO2 max, you'll see this come up loads of times in papers that talk about conditioning. And it refers to the maximum amount of oxygen that you can utilize during exercise. So you get to a point where your body can't breathe in enough oxygen to activate your muscles, to put it like really simply. So when you get to that maximum stage, that's where you're kind of pushing your limit and pushing your growth. When you do get to that stage where you're not able to breathe in enough to meet your muscles demands, our bodies are quite intelligent in that they switch over to what's called um, anaerobic energy production. So that's without air anaerobic. And that is what ends up producing lactate in the muscle and in the blood. Um, so lactate was measured. Now, lactate only lasts in our systems for a couple of minutes. So it needs to be measured quite quickly. And in this study, they did that by taking blood tests and they had an on-site machine. So they were able to measure that parameter straight away. And what I found really cool about this study as well, there's so many cool points in it, 
But did you see, Nancy, the picture they had for the ergospirometry? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, I did. It was in, it's incredible. I don't know if this is open source or not. However, um, you know, it is kind of really neat the way they had all that hooked up uh, using a face mask uh, where they could measure all the oxygen, the CO2, and, you know, everything that the horse's physiology was producing and putting out there. Yeah, and it was just like a halter that goes on and that has a piece that comes down over the nose and has two different measurements attached to it and then has tubing that goes to a reader. Um, But really, really fascinating because they have to acclimatize the horses for the study, obviously, to these face masks, but then also to actually getting into a water treadmill um, and being used to being in that situation. Um, But Nancy, you had mentioned that your racehorses and thoroughbreds may be easier to acclimatize in those situations. Yes, we do um, swim in the thoroughbred industry or in the past, we thought swimming would alleviate the um, shock and um, on the joints, especially after um, recovering from an injury. However, um, while doing this research, I came across a disturbing um, research paper that said the incidence of colic following swimming exercise in a racehorse population. Um, and they examined these racehorses over a three-year period colic occurred in eight to 10% of horses after swimming. And they followed 168,000 swims and 136 cases of colic were reported after swimming. And to put it the short version, a horse has almost 100 feet of intestines. And when it the horse becomes buoyant in water, there seems to be a displacement of the intestine in these circumstances. So um, I found another study to go a little further into this. They had 21 horses that um, had to go under exploratory laparotomies for swimming colic. And they found seven of those 21 had non-strangulating displacements seven had strangulating displacements. And then there were, um, there was one that had a combination of both and five had gaseous um, intestinal distension. And there was only one horse out of the 21 that had no intestinal abnormalities. Now, I never would have thought that swimming also increases uh, somewhat buoyancy in the intestines where you can get a displacement. So that is kind of troubling where now I'm really into these treadmills because there isn't any buoyancy. It's just alleviating the, um, I guess, shock on the lower leg joints from the knee down. And I found that like one of the most interesting things about this study as well, because it kind of I love any of the research papers we do that changes what you think you know. So I would have thought, you know, swimming is a great way 
um, to rehabilitate and to exercise horses. But it says, I mean, you get to a point where you're not actually pushing them because of that buoyancy. So they said like mm-hmm. in people um, and in horses, as you increase the water height, it's going to increase the resistance to limb movement. And then that is obviously what we're looking for. We want to increase that resistance, make it a bit harder, make our muscles work a bit more. So if you're walking around in ankle deep water, it's not as hard if you're walking around in water that's up to your knee, for example. But they did say like Mm -hmm. in people, once you get above the waist, then it has the opposite effect because you start to get more buoyancy. So it starts decreasing. So we want to try and be at an optimal point. And they did find that that stifle point was where we saw that increase. You know, when we had the water up to, now they only measured those three and the stifle was the highest, but that's where we really see the horse having to put in more work. And I mean, the detail they went into about how it changes the stance of the horse, the pace, you know, how they change how much time they're putting their foot down and they focus more time and energy into really wading through the water instead that's like the longest part of the stride yeah I was really impressed too with the flexion it increased the horse's flexibility in those areas and if I will post a couple videos of this on our homepage that shows these horses are almost having the same action as when a horse steps over ground poles. They really pick up their feet and plant them. And I thought, and they don't have the same shock absorption that the joint would take hitting the ground or being in an arena. So if you have a sesamoid injury, Um, you'll be able to rehabilitate the horse without the pounding that it's going that joints going to take or that ligaments going to take on the ground. So I was really impressed with this. And I think there is a future in this um, for more research and then also um, to help horses recover from injury. However, it did say that that stifle level of water, which is three feet, nine inches in, in most horses, it'll be less in a pony, of course, but in thoroughbreds, it was about three foot, nine inches. Um, that really increases heart rate. And so you might not be getting the um, lactate threshold, but you're definitely getting a higher workload. So you have to be careful because they did report that that's where most of the re-injuries occur is where a horse is being worked too hard for their fitness level. Yeah, and they said that, you know, with the... um with the like reduction you're saying for rehabilitation, that that was anywhere from 10 to 30%. So you have to be mindful that that's ideal. You know, we're taking some pressure off those joints, but as you said, let's not overcompensate that with pushing them too hard because we think, oh, it's easier on the joint. We can make them go a bit further. And then we're actually stressing their heart instead. Yeah, I think the um, they recommended, uh, I looked up two models. One is by ECB, which they're made in the UK. There's many of those treadmills in our country, though, 
uh, in here in the United States. And then there's also Hudson Aquatic has one that's called the Aqua Pacer. Both of these manufacturers have wonderful videos on their websites. And the main message is you have to balance the height of the water and the speed to the horse's fitness. So if you have a horse that's been recovering from surgery and has lost some conditioning, you sure as heck don't want to overwork them. So you want to take it gradually. So you might even just put the water up over the hoof to begin with. It's going to be easier on the heart rate. It's going to be more concussion though for the joint. So you've got to really balance that. So um, say you have a knee chip that has been removed and the knee is rehabilitating. So you might want to take the water up to above that knee, and then you're going to attenuate that shock absorption that that knee's going to take. So they said, wherever the injury is in the lower limb, start out slow with the water level above that injury. And I thought, uh, the ECB model has a hundred pre-programmable fitness routines. So if you're not a physiologist and you're questioning where to begin, they have pre-programmed fitness guidelines. And I'm sure they're um, kind of malleable where you would be able to kind of work with them and they would be flexible you know, according to what your horse needs. But next week, I think we'll interview someone from ECB if they'll uh, come on the podcast and we'll ask them a few questions about conditioning programs. Yeah, because there's just, there doesn't seem to be enough um, protocols out there for how to use it to effectively condition your horse. Um, so it would be great to be able to talk to someone that can say, you know, well, this is how we would do it. But the thing that I would say to people to be careful of is if you do decide to go and rent one of these treadmills um, or rent time on it and use your horse on it, if you're doing that as a novice to this kind of equipment, um, you want to make sure that you're very in tune with your horse and that you are picking up on their signals because you need to notice when your horse is fatiguing. You need to, you know, it's, it is one of those things that, I think most people who use them do know these things, but just as a caveat, you have to be able to read if your horse is pushing themselves and they've gone too far, you know, they're not going to stop because it keeps that treadmill keeps moving. So they're going to keep picking their feet up and they're going to keep pushing themselves. And in my head, that just kind of like ties in with the hamster in a ball, you know, like we would always in the past have, pictured you know putting hamster in a ball and letting it run around the house when actually we know now that that's really detrimental for hamsters because it's a ball so they'll continue to keep moving until they manage to get it to stop or else they'll keep moving out of fear and um, so you can over exercise your horse you can injure them or you can even just then create an aversion to them going into the water treadmill so ideally try and have someone guide you through it and someone who has experience using them. Yeah, and I would even recommend, um, I know there are some instances, especially around Louisville, Kentucky area, where they have these. Um, they have one 
on uh, at Churchill Downs for people to use. Um, they also have workers who are trained in how to use these, but I would still be present because you don't you know your horse better than anyone. And like Kate said, you you watch them and you know when to say enough is enough because you don't want to end up at square one with the same injury or a different injury because you overdid it or didn't acclimate the horse to it. Because even a stressed out horse is more prone to injury than one that's using the treadmill in a relaxed way. So um, it's fascinating work and I'm interested next week to actually have one of the technicians that run these machines to talk to us more about Definitely. it. Definitely. And they did say just as a comparison, so the control they used was a treadmill that had no water on it. Um, and mm -hmm. the horses that were like the same horses that were on the treadmill with no water had the same values as the lowest level of water at the lowest speed. So if you had your horse on the lowest level of water, lowest speed, that was the same physiological effect on the body as having no water. But at any point that you increase the water after that or increase the speed, you were getting a higher VO2 max. So all round it is better for conditioning to have that water there that resistance just makes such a difference yeah and i looked up the speed they had put it in meters per second so um it went from like 0.83 to um 1.39 meters per second and that is equivalent to two to three miles per hour now when i run on a treadmill I think my running speed is probably about 3.6 to 4.2. So these are moving relatively slow, but you have to remember a horse moves different than we do and they're recovering from injury and the water is adding more drag yeah. to them. So that we would probably be less than this on a treadmill even. So it's not like uh, what we run on without And I water. would definitely so, be less again, having an aversion to running. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, well, um, I'm looking forward to next week. And did you have any shout outs this week? Um, so we had some more followers on our Instagram page, which is absolutely brilliant. And on the Facebook page. And it was just to give a quick shout out that we're now also being listened to in Finland, which is amazing. 17 countries and it's growing and we have about 40% listenership in the United States. So 60% of our listenership is global. So I think that's amazing. So we thank you. We love doing this and uh, we'll have more on this water treadmill subject next week. And hopefully we'll have a technician that will join Brilliant. us. Brilliant. I look forward to talking to you then, Nancy. Okay. Thanks so much, Kate. Take